This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. It is a gorgeous Friday, hopefully, where you are. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Colleen Lindstrom. Hi. And Holly Roberts, of course, getting you to your weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. And our work to get you to the weekend has to start. With not with none other than Tori Spelling. What? Tori Spelling disaster. <laughs> and nobody cares, but we really care. And that's where we're going to begin. Colleen, I need you to understand something. What? Tori Spelling is really going through some stuff right now. It is clear. I mean, she will have us know. She will have us know that her marriage to Dean McDermott is very in question. Mm, mm-hmm. As told by no one. But it is, because it always seems to be a thing. And that continues with an exclusive portfolio of photographs and reportage coming from our friends at Page Six. Here's a headline. I need your initial reaction. Headline exclusive. Tori Spelling grimaces her way through a family Disneyland trip amid seeming Dean McDermott splits. (laughs) Okay, Okay, even though in the photos, just really quickly in the photos, they're all together. So the seeming split apparently is not actually a split, but we're talking about it as a split. What's your reaction, Colleen? I mean, also, like, is she like, because again, we're treated to the uh, photographic portfolio of this experience. Is she actually grimacing? Uh, Yeah, actually, the entire family is one big um, purple character from McDonald's. They're all walking through this, the, you know, the icing covered sidewalks of Disney, you know, the candy coated uh, wonderland that is Disneyland. They're all walking. There's one photo where they're all fan, the family and they're all astride. They're not, you know, in line. Oh. It's not a group. Ooh, I can't even talk about that. That is the wrong way to walk through Disneyland. Well, they're walking astride. Maybe it's because I don't know Delta. Nobody's at Disney right now, but they have all no, this room. No, it's because there's a photo. There's a photographer. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> so in the photo, you see. I'm going to do facial representations through the medium of audio okay. for each of these people in the photograph that I am currently looking at. <laughs> <laughs> That is like all of them to a T. There's one child, um, a young a young girl in a stroller who seems to be happy. Every single other person looks to be miserable. That said, they did this pap walk 
if you will, this schmear mm. of pap, as we've been calling it all week, they have shown up in public with a grimace on their face on a family outing. What say you? I mean, okay, so I alluded to it earlier. There's a photographer there, right? Because when you're a large family, one of the things you learn is you can't all walk in a kick line. You just can't go through life that way. One. You know, I have a family of... Singular sensation. You just can't do that. You just can't walk like that. And I, you know, their family is considerably larger than mine. But as a family of five, we have a formation that we walk in. And it is, you know, two by two. And then there's one single in the middle. You know, you just don't walk like that unless you know that there is a photographer in your midst. And then you also might paste on a kind of apathetic face. Here's the other thing. When you're walking out and about, Bradley, we've talked about this before. We just have ugly in-between faces. People just make in-between faces that look like that. And so they've got their in-between faces. They're rocking their in-between faces. Although Tori Spelling, I mean, she is a Disney blow-up doll. Um, I mean, she yeah, she's had some work. In the nines. She's got a Khloe Kardashian going on. It's an aesthetic. She's, yeah, she's trying to do her her best Khloe Kardashian. So she's, you know, she's got a lot happening. But it's just, it's so obvious that it's just more to further this, like, are they or aren't they getting divorced narrative? And if you're, which we've been on this ride. Yeah, we have. And if you're just joining us to this conversation specifically at 12.08 in the a.m., uh, p.m. rather, a.m., that'd be weird, on Friday here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, or, um, you know, if you just haven't heard this story in general, Tori Spelling has been on again, off again, splitting potentially maybe something's happening in their marriage. It's a roller coaster. Are they or aren't they? For months. Literally, this is the only thing that ever shows up about a Tory Spelling in tabloids. Tabloids, by the way, totally pushed by the publicity team behind Tory Spelling, a.k.a. Tory Spelling. So th- mm-hmm. this, to your point, nothing is new with this. Also, I just love, like, the way it's being sold gives it all away. Exclusive from page six. Like, if you're just a casual observer, and that's, I think, what they're banking on, you're like, oh, something's going on with Tory like, I guarantee if I went to the gym later today, somebody would go, what's going on with Tori Spelling? Is she and Dean McDermott going to split? Because that's just kind of been sitting out there in the ether. To be fair, most of the people I go to the gym with would not say this, but if they were to ever bring up something about pop culture, just from a surface level, very superficially, that's what they would say. So that's, that's sort of just like hanging out there. At any moment that you dig into any bit of this and like think for more than four seconds, which you don't need to do, let us do that, you soon realize how this unravels. Because again, exclusive, Tori Spelling grimaces through family Disneyland trip amid seeming Dean McDermott split. Now, please do the math for me. Mm-hmm. Seeming Dean McDermott split. That is like the most vague attempt to indicate something might be going on when in fact nothing is going on because the minute you open those photographs, you see them all together. If they Mm -hmm. were in like, if they were splitting, why would they be going to Disneyland as a family? Well, exactly. And then also, 
as you scroll through that article from page six, the author notes there's something missing from the hands of both Dean McDermott and Tori Spelling. And it's not uh, a corn dog or a dole whip. <laughs> or no. a churro. It's it's it, their wedding ring. It is literally their wedding ring. Which listen, okay. But again, if, like if you're going as a family right. to Disneyland, I don't yeah. care what finger you've got rings on. Because you're a family going to Disneyland. Like if you were literally I'm not able to be in this relationship. I don't know where the future's going. You're not going on a family trip to Disneyland, and especially if you're a celebrity. Well, and not only that, but what you will do if you're Tori and Dean and you are appreciating and driving this narrative that maybe they are or maybe they aren't getting divorced, you're going to make doubly sure that you're putting off all of the signals that you're not together while you are together because that's what they're trying to drive is this are they or aren't they narrative they're trying to milk that because if they're not together then they wouldn't be together at disney then they wouldn't be together or they Mm -hmm. would say we're not together they are thriving they are trying to not only themselves thrive but make their careers thrive off of this are they or aren't they narrative it is in their best interest to continue to sort of ride the fence on this. So they're going to do all the things that they need to do in order to keep up those appearances the whole time. And literally over at the sun. So the, the article I gave you about um, Tori spelling, you know, grimacing her way through Disneyland as her marriage is up in the air. That was from page six over at the sun. It says happiest place on earth. Tori <laughs> spelling looks furious with husband Dean McDermott and five kids at Disneyland as couple is as couple is, quote, on the brink of divorce. <laughs> and then they show a photo of her eye-rolling Dean. And But again, like, that I that could be an in-between face because look at the children. What are they doing? They're all grimacing, too. Like, right. you know, sure, in a perfect world, you could say they're all miserable and they're all going to go their separate ways. But that's not the point. The point is not the reality. The point is the perception. And the point is who's trying to to who's who's profiting off this perception do you think that tabloids just woke up one morning and were like i don't know you know <laughs> looking at these photos of tori spelling like i am i think there might be something going on no they are literally taking lock stock and barrel press releases aka or email that have been sent on behalf of tori spelling and or dean mcdermott's publicity people to say Things are really tense right now, you guys. Look at these photos that just happened to show up in your mailbox. I mean, it's all <laughs> lies. Lies yeah. and the lying Yeah, we're liars. not buying it. Also, it looks like a lot of strategic grimacing. Like grimacing in unison. Right. Yeah, like like you right. know Tori said, because I'm sorry, I want to tell parents how to parent. But I can see a world wherein Tori Spelling was like, Hey, kids. Okay, today we're going to go to Disneyland, which is going to be amazing. And we're all going to have fun, but I need you guys to do me a favor. First thing you're going to need to do is look like you're not having any fun. But that's going to be the game we're going to play because we're really going to have fun. But I need you to not look like you're going to have fun because mommy and daddy are trying to... You know, this is the little game we play for our jobs. And yeah, except for you, little one in the stroller. You can look yeah, well, happy. Well, she's too young to know yeah. how to play along. Strategic Grimace by Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And then after that, yeah. we can have fun. Yeah. Right.
Yeah. You see that person with the camera when they go away, then we can smile. Yeah. So anytime you see that creepy man hiding in a bush with the camera, which also, by the way, is not <sighs> creepy and in a bush, um, stick creepy and in a bush, uh, a pin in that, um, because I did see the sort of flip side of this experience. So we're talking about Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott, you know, acting in front of cameras. Let's be mm -hmm. clear. That's what we think. Mm -hmm. We've told you that story. Fine. But did you see this story about uh, Blake Lively taking a paparazzo to task for, for a, filming is their this children? For a picture that, yeah, I saw, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the report because it's 2021 and I figured somebody would tell me if I needed to know. Well, and that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> But I saw that story and I thought, wow, I wonder if this is I, I and then I did that thing where I'm like, am I being naive? But I thought, I wonder if this is a case where the paparazzi are actually just doing the good old fashioned paparazzi thing. She alleged that this guy just would he would like show up and she, you know, they'd all sort of run away or they'd say, go away. I don't remember the exact details, but he would keep showing up. And then people, I guess somebody in public actually was like, can you just leave them alone? You know, because they noticed this guy too, sort of like bebopping around. And I thought, huh, I wonder if this is a case where, you know, because I, I don't deny that that stuff happens. Right. But I'm always suspect when when celebrities make a, a, a headline out of it, because right. I know what that what the power of a headline can provide those celebrities. And I also know that Blake Lively and uh, um, Ryan Reynolds are not strangers to manipulating the media for their own purposes. Well. And you and he's recently been in headlines because he remember he's taking a break. Yeah, he's going to so, take a break from his uh, from acting after this latest role. Right. So yeah. then they're going to we're going to see them finding ways to stay in headlines if he's truly taking a break. Yeah. So yeah, we're suspicious because we get suspicious. I think like it's that. always good we've to been be trained suspicious. to do it. Yeah. Yes. Always ask questions. Critical. Skeptical. That's what science is, man. All right. When we come back, our good friend Elizabeth Reese is going to wrap up our week of pop culture with all the latest from Hollywood right here on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. And here with all the latest from Hollywood and tips on how to make the best sourdough. Your beautiful friend, Ms. Elizabeth Reese. Hi. Hi. Already planning out the weekend menu oh. and the bread baking schedule. Oh. You know, that's a good thing. That, um, that What is, time should we arrive? <laughs> anytime. You all are always welcome. Just shoot just me a text. just roll up. Do you do curbside? Yes, I will definitely start curbside <laughs> delivery. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I do have kind of this dream of having like a little free library, but having it for like 
canned, um, you know, like jams that I make and Please then bread and all of that. Yes. Then I would really publicize where I live, which kind of makes me nervous. Okay, but well, I, you could just tell us. It's fine. I do. Let me keep it in the family. I just think that would be a fun idea. Well, I do have to talk about this really heavy news today. And I know you guys are going to be discussing it all day. But that is that Alec Baldwin um, fired a gun on the set of Rust. And unfortunately, it contained a live round is what the Prop Masters Union is saying. It ended up killing a cinematographer and injuring the director. It is a shockingly sad story oh it's so terrible it's just terrible so the international alliance of theatrical stage employees which is a union for prop masters sent out an email to its members today saying that the gun which was fired by alec baldwin while he was filming a scene on this set of the movie rust in new mexico contained a live round and they said that the prop master who was being used for this movie did not belong to the local union um, they're calling this shooting an accidental weapons discharge. You know, it, it's interesting to watch the story unfold because, you know, uh, when it first... The, the true magnitude of the tragedy was not apparent when I first saw the headlines. I mean, of course, the death and the loss is always tragic. For but sure. in terms of the amount of tragedy that this story ultimately holds, it was not initially... Um, apparent and just based on the words they were choosing very carefully to use but the more we learn and the more we read about it it just seems you know so many people um, were affected by this it's just really terrible alec baldwin is speaking saying there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of helena hutchins a wife mother and deeply admired colleague of ours i'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred I'm in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband and their son and all who knew her. She was 42 years old. And it was Alec Baldwin who pulled the trigger during the gun accident. And then um, the director of photography died from her injuries. And then director Joel Souza has now been released from the hospital. He was at a hospital getting treated for his injuries so it he was filming a scene that required someone to fire a gun loaded with blanks and um and initially they were saying when the gun discharged it was either shrapnel or a bullet that hit two people on set it's just it's so sad and like bradley said it's the multiple layers of of sadness like this it's just it's a complicated story Mm -hmm. yeah because you have the loss of the individual or in the injuries of of those involved but then you also have the person pulling a trigger that you know will have to live with that for the rest of his life right i mean nobody wants to be in that position i mean no Mm -mm. there are a lot of positions you don't want to be in in this story but that is just another layer of it that I can't even begin to wrap my mind around. Yeah. So, you know, there's just, I think this is just going to continue. So as you know, that we talked about this this morning on the dirt alert, and as we continue just trying to um, piece together everything that happened and, um, and how something like this could happen. I, I don't know. The production company said that it contained black blank rounds, but I, you know, I don't know. But, you know, remember that this is not, I mean, you know, this is not the first time that we have been through something like this. Do you remember Brandon Lee? Yeah. But this is, isn't isn't this similar to how Yes, there's um, a couple of stories like this where, um, where guns have accidentally gone off or like actors have been kind of messing around with guns on set and then not realize that there's still like something in it because they're real. Right. Like, 
they're using right. guns. Yeah, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's um, son, died on a movie set. Yep. At, on The Crow, on the set of The Crow, I oh, believe. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just is such a, ter- it's just such a terribly sad, and it, but it also kind of gives you an opportunity to appreciate a little bit more um, the seriousness of what they are dealing with on set. Like you said, it's a real firearm. They're loaded with blanks, or at least they believe, you know, mm-hmm. and there's multiple people that are handling those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is so, ter- it's just terribly sad. And, and like you said, Bradley, like Alec Baldwin is, he th- he will never escape having to live with this moment. Oh, I just don't yeah, even and, know. And, you know, obviously nobody would, I mean, again, we don't know when the investigation is ongoing and certainly, you know, people can draw their conclusions when we have more information. But at the very least, if, if uh, what we appear to think is true is the case, I don't care if somebody says something's an accident. You just knowing what you did has to, <laughs> that's going to affect you for the rest of your life. Right, right. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Or at least it would affect me for the rest of my life, regardless of whether it was an accident or not. It's a tough one. Um, just to wrap up our week of consistent headlines about Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker and sad sack Scott Disick. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, the headline today is that they want a baby together without any doubt. Us Weekly is just on a mission to just say to Scott Disick, <laughs> I don't... We don't like you. To just really make him cry oh, in a corner, I guess. And yet we laugh. I don't... What does that Sorry, say about it's us? Because it's just guy. so absurd. It's there so you absurd. Go. So way to go. Have a baby. <sighs> Thank you so much for that absurdity, Elizabeth. Thanks, you guys. Have a great weekend. You too. We expect no less. And you can catch Elizabeth, of course, every day at 3 KSTP Channel 5's Twin Cities Live. When we come back, Holly's got blind items right here on My Talk 1071. She's got juicy bits of gossip. She doesn't tell us the names because we have to guess them. It's Holly Roberts and her blind items here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. We are streaming live. We're on the app. Which, by the way, get your tickets for Project Down and Dirty, our reality show on the radio. Project Down and Dirty Construction! At MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly. Nope, that's Colleen Lindstrom and Holly Roberts. Let's get right to those blind items. Blinded by the item. Welcome to the blind item carvery station. Ooh. How thick and juicy would you like your blind items this afternoon? I'd like an end piece. <laughs> Colleen doesn't want anything. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, too I'm bad. just going to move on. I'm just going to move on to the dessert section. Do you well, have any horseradish sauce, though? I'd like some of that. Sure, anything you want. Like this celebrity gossip mystery. This permanent A-list singer, actress slash Oscar winner was asked to provide her input into a casting decision for a theater role, and she gave her blessing to the actress who landed the job. Our permanent actress said no to the actress who always wanted the role for fear she would overshadow what the permanent A-list actress did with it. There's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, I know. Colleen? Can you paraphrase, like, what are we looking for now? We're looking for an an actress? Permanent A-list singer, actress, (laughs) and Oscar winner. Lady Gaga! Not Ooh. Lady Gaga. No, who gave her blessing for a casting in an upcoming theater role? Madonna. Barbara Streisand. Oh yeah, Beanie Feldstein. And Funny Girl. Yeah, but who did Barbara Streisand say no to? Oh, Lady Gaga. 
Not Lady Gaga. Um, Lena Dunham. Oh. No. <laughs> but I want to see that. Um, Don't ooh, ooh, tell ooh, me ooh. not to live. Just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's above. Colleen, I see you concentrating. I, because I know the answer to this and it's driving me bonkers. You know Don't it. bring around a class who ran on my parade. Okay. Think about oh. who's been vocal in the past about wanting to play the lead role in Funny Girl. Now, this person is known for their performance enthusiasm. Oh. Performance enthusiasm. Is it? Jojo um, Siwa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, is it James Corden? Oh my God, I would have died. Uh, This person, the last time we really talked about this person, I believe they wanted to do something in a wig. Oh, like... (laughs) Liza? Poop. Like poop? Yes. Colleen, actually, yes. Poop Remember? In a wig? Oh. Oh, sh- Yes. Yes. Leah Michelle. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Thank the <laughs> yes. Lord she never allowed that to happen. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a journey. All that hail Beanie Feldstein. That's mm-hmm. right. So let me fill in the blank for you. Barbara Streisand was asked to provide her input into a casting decision for the lead role in the Broadway revival of Funny Girl. That role went to Beanie Fieldstein. Barbara Streisand didn't want Liam Michelle for the Good. lead in Funny Girl. Good. She Just, said no. I because that's a role. I also need to see her in that role. Not Leah Michelle. Beanie. Beanie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first time that Funny Girl has been revived since Barbara Streisand played that role on Broadway. So when I first heard that, it, I, I started racking my brain going, okay, well, who else has done this role? And then it, it clearly, or it quickly became clear to me that, that there was nobody else, which is why that role, because that role is so, it's like a glove that fits Barbara Streisand's hand so perfectly, her voice so perfectly. And I just don't know who else could actually fulfill that role. But I really, really have every hope that Beanie does uh, that very thing. So, good luck to her break, Allegra dear. Blinded by the item. Time to nosh on another celebrity gossip mystery. This one's solved. The celebrity offspring of this foreign-born part-time reality star slash full-time jerk are hiding his money for him. They're huh? also spending it like crazy. Okay. Children of a part-time reality show star slash full-time jerk? Yes. Okay. Oh, Caitlin. Or no, 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 no. Do we say actor? No, part-time reality star, full-time jerk. Full-time jerk. Scott Disick? No, this person is father to three adult children. Once you figure out the kids, Uh, then you'll be able mm -hmm. to find... The jerk. Three kids. Are the kids reality stars? Well, you know, I actually can't confirm that, but they are famous. Two of them are models. The third one is Isabella Hadid. Yeah. Yeah. And what's their dad's name again? Mohammed Hadid. Yes. Yeah. Gigi Bella and Anwar Hadid. Well, they're hiding their dad's money and they're also spending it like crazy. Oof. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not shocking me at all. Yeah. No, not shocking at all. 
Mm-mm. I'd like some of that. Please. He'll hide his money. Yeah. Give it to Bradley Trainer. He'll hide your money. Yeah. I ain't giving it back though. It's mine now. You're gonna hide it so well that you'll forget mm-hmm. where it went. Oops. The boyfriend wants to get the bigger, biggest, excuse me, most expensive house possible, but not until after he marries the singer in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Samus Gary. And Britney Spears. Yeah, in a blind item that shocks absolutely nobody, mm-hmm. Sam Asghari wants to get the biggest, most expensive house possible, but not until after he marries Britney Spears. To which I would say, uh, and I almost brought this story to us, but I was like, there's nothing to do with the story. But the story, I think, yesterday was of the home uh, or the day before that they were looking at. And it, I can't remember. I want to say it was like a... $12 million home or something. Yeah, it was no, owned it was by somebody else, right? I don't know who it was owned by, but they did have like a full-on walkthrough, and it just looked so Britney and Sam Asghari. Like, you know that kind of rich where like people want to be rich, but like, I mean, I mm-hmm. wouldn't choose those things. Do you know what I'm saying? It it's- was Jeffree Star's mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not Jeffrey surprise Star. me in the least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, because I think we've had these observations before about Britney Spears's house. But, you know, one of the questions I think that at least I had was like Britney Spears is a very wealthy, successful artist. I mean, not knowing what we know now, but like her house looks like it hasn't been renovated in a way that somebody oh, totally. in her realm of celebrity would have. I mean, you would think that Britney Spears would have a house like Jeffree Star's house. Right. Uh, and but that house looks very like I think those two would be happy there because there's like a big theater that has like, you know, velvet red seats and right. like a castle. I mean, it looks like what Britney Spears would think a rich person's house should look like. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm oh, trying to be coy totally. without. No, I see what you're yeah. saying. Um, also, he probably wants a really big house because then he doesn't have to hang out with her very much. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That kitchen's ugly, though. Sorry, it's Jeffree Star. Yeah, I mean, it's not cute. But it's but uh, to Bradley's point, it looks like what people want rich things to look like. Yeah, like there's a lobby or a foyer mm-hmm. for her to run around in. in she this. can twirl for days. She can twirl for days. And descend from the staircase I, I every really other day because there's two. I really want her. To like be free, so that she can have dinner parties where lots of fascinating people show up, and I can just roll up. We can all go; it'll be like a group thing, but we'll be real low key about it, and then we can just watch the, pardon the pun, circus unfold. Because mm. you just know that it would just be delightful to watch all that happen mm-hmm. close up with a cocktail or a mocktail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some binoculars, mm-hmm. and maybe some listening devices while you sit in the other room. Here's mm-hmm. a celebrity constantly guy. going. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, here's a celebrity gossip mystery, Colleen and Bradley, that we need to revisit because we guessed it wrong. Oh no! Ooh, that never happens. Never. So think about this. We did this one last week. This. Let's co- concentrate on one element. So this foreign-owned massive conglomerate. 
we'll get to that later, is already planning a hologram tour of the illiterate permanent A-list singer solo and in a group. Are these really going to be a thing? So we got it wrong. What was the one? Who did we think it was, Colleen? Um, oh, darn it. Darn it. Darn it. Darn it. I can't remember now who we thought it was. Well, we thought it was Ozzy Osbourne. Ah, uh, yes, oh, yes, Queen. Yes. No. Okay. Now, this person, I would say, they're most known in our minds as being a solo artist. But yes, in fact, they were in a very highly successful group, a review of sorts, back in the 60s and 70s. Okay, so it's not Bobby Brown. No. And it's not Whitney Wooston. <laughs> no. Okay. You did try that I know, one. I did try it. Well, and this person is still alive. Okay. Oh. Um. Uh. I'm having. Um. Can I see my reflection? It looks like it hurts a little bit. What's happening? Uh. No, I don't think that a reflection is involved in any of this. But this person is simply the best. Tina. Tina Turner? Turner. Oh, my God. Okay, fill in them blanks so we can understand what you just said. Okay, so BMG, a massive foreign-owned conglomerate, is already planning a hologram tour of Tina Turner. The blind item questions, are these really going to be a thing? Okay, so let's sit with this for 30 seconds before we run out the door. Because does I wonder if this is the side effect or planned intention behind music companies buying up entire catalogs of artists uh, and i wonder what those arrangements had to say about using their likeness to sell that music because you could totally see where mm-hmm. all these people who just signed over their catalogs who are still alive mm-hmm. and with us would soon become virtual reality tours mm-hmm or holographic tours. That's scary and dangerous. Ooh, I mean, I hope they I signed like, off on ooh, that. But I feel like Taylor Swift is next. They're coming for you, boo. <laughs> girl, you better run. You're in danger, girl. <laughs> Are you in danger, girl? <laughs> All right. Holly, thank Oof. you for those very juicy blind items. More on those as the future unfolds. But when we return, Colleen has the latest on a publationship we've not talked much about, even though they were literally the POS, the publationship of summer. It's uh you summer's wanna... over, y'all. I know, summer's <laughs> over, but Benefer again is still here a fur. And Colleen will tell us all about a fur when we come back a fur. I gotta be careful for her. We're here on my talk one oh seven one. Holly Roberts, good Friday to you. This is the Colleen of Bradley show. And you might want to keep listening in the next hour because I think we're gonna have some tasty delights for you to uh, find mm. out our opinions about. Hi, it's the Colleen of Bradley show. I'm the Bradley, that's the Colleen. Hi. And the Holly, of course. Now, um, Publationship 101. That What's a Publationship, Colleen? Thank you for asking. That is a relationship for publicity. Publationships are just, you know, celebrities doing things together. And they're like, I'm in love. I'm so in love. There's a Publationship called Benefer Gennifer. Sorry, I get emotional about them. What's a Benefer Gennifer? Well, it's that's a Jennifer Lopez and a Ben Affleck and Bradley. I want you to know you are not the only one that gets emotional about those two. Really? Yeah, so when you were gone, um, probably on a fabulous cruise somewhere, we, Holly and I, had a conversation about, what did you say? Nothing. 
Oh, you want to go back you there? Go yeah. back there. Oh, take me, please. Yeah. Can Can I go too? Can we broadcast live <laughs> anywhere? Yeah. Anywhere but here. Anyway, um, so we were talk. We talked about this um, celebrity publicist by the name of Rob Shooter, and he has recently published a new book. He's written a couple books, but his new book is called "Who Are You in Four Words: The Four Word Answer." Now, you might think this is kind of like a dorky sounding book, like. But it is sort of in the self-help realm. And Bradley, a lot of this is going to sound familiar to you. And by the way, yes, this is all about Benefer. Genefer, don't worry, I'll get to it. But his the, the whole premise of his book is everybody can define their own brand in four words. Okay. And so the celebrities he's worked with in the past, one of them being Jennifer Lopez, she had um, a brand like, and I, I wish I could remember what her four words were, but when you knew what her four words were yeah you could see how she embodies that and how she like uses that in how she tells us who she is yeah okay so rob shooter the guy who wrote the forward answer he is trying to sell his book so he's talking to people and he's saying some stuff and one of the things he does bradley Mm -hmm. is prove exactly what we've always said which is in hollywood nothing is real and everyone, and everyone smokes. smokes. And some people are in relationships that aren't real relationships. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to that. But what he does say about Jennifer and Ben, he says they're the real deal. Oh. Can I get an eye roll? Okay. It's like I thought he was telling me something good there for a minute. He's going to tell you some good stuff. And he's also going to tell you a cavalcade of crap. But go with me. So he wants us to know Rob Shooter the author, former publicist, and author of The Forward Answer, that he's the one that originally wrote the statement, their joint statement, when they broke up the first time. The one that blamed us? The one that blamed us. That's real awesome. Okay, so can you explain that a little further for the novice listener who doesn't know? Yeah, so at the time, the media was like, you know, Ben and Jen just couldn't hack it because, well, we just cared too much about what they were doing. And that became a real pressure for them. So they were like, you guys, we have to save each other. So in order to save ourselves, we have to go our separate ways because otherwise the tsunami of media coverage is just going to inundate us and drown us. And neither of us will be able to go off and do the amazing things in the world that the universe has planned for us. (laughs) So Rob Shooter, who wrote that, again, cavalcade of crap, said, "Um, I think those two are so special. I believed that they would have always been together. It always felt to me that their love never got away. I was with her writing that initial initial breakup statement that went around the world. I wrote that statement. And when I was writing it, it just felt really sad. Celebrity breakups are usually matter of fact, but this one made me sit down for a minute. Before I hit send, I felt this genuine moment of sadness because I felt like these two were meant for each other. I believe they had the right love, but it was the wrong time. Mm. Anyway, he goes on to say, and this is where I feel like I want us to pat ourselves on the back. He said, I don't think there's uh, enough energy used as a publicist to protect those relationships in Hollywood that are legitimate. He said, There's a lot of celebrities who are in real relationships, but the pressures of the job and life come along and ruin it. And that's not unusual for regular people, too. Anyway, what's buried in there, and this is where I want to pat us on the back, is there are relationships that are not real, quote, legitimate or real. 
But he is arguing that Benefer Agenefer is real. Okay, so, but here's the thing, and, you know, this is why perhaps someday we will have a come-to-Jesus moment with Mr. Shooter. Um, I don't even know her, but um, if you think about it, we don't, This there's nothing that contradicts anything we've said. Why? Because we've always said from the outset that publationships are a mini-splendored thing. It is a mm-hmm. spectrum, just like human sexuality there are raging homosexuals on one end Hi. and <laughs> raging hormon, uh, hormonic, uh, hormonic, hormonal. Um, I think hormonic would be a better word. Hormonic is when you have a lot of hormones and you sing in harmony. Yeah. Or it's like a robotic <laughs> can of spam. Don't look at me if you're of the same gender. You know, then you have uh, hormonic heterosexuals on the other end. So, you know, it's not that you can't have fake relationships. You can have fake relationships, but also mm-hmm. celebrities in real relationships who understand the power of the public narrative, which is, you know, sure, put J-Lo in that category or Benefer sure. Gennifer. And that's where they sit. Okay. Well, thank you And listen, you I'm going to buy that book and I'm probably going to read it. You're Please welcome. Please give us a book report. Thank you, Colleen. When we come back, how old is too old for trick-or-treating? Like 65 or...